Today's scripture is from Ezekiel chapter 37, reading verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesize over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to you, enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay down snooze upon you, and you will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. As I, and as I prophesied, <laughs> there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came to, together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were snoos on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord. Ezekiel is caught up in a vision from the Lord, and he's taken to a valley. A lot of people have wondered where this valley is, but it's, it's a vision. It's not a real valley. But maybe it's meant to be a valley where a battle has taken place. Maybe these are soldiers littering the field. All we are told is that it's a valley full of bones. Not just bones, dry bones. Not just dry bones, very dry bones. These bones have not been buried. This was a big deal, by the way. For the Jews, this would be unclean. This would not be right. You, you couldn't do this. They've been left in a field to decay and decompose for a long time. Proverbs uses dry bones as a metaphor for a downcast spirit. As Ezekiel writes this, this must have been how they felt. They have been ripped from their land. Their temple destroyed. They are in exile. They are homeless and they are hopeless. And the Lord asks Ezekiel if these dry bones can live. And Ezekiel responds, oh God, you know. Which I have always felt was kind of a cop-out answer. 
I mean, this is one of those moments where I wish I could hear audio of what actually transpired because the tone of this could make a big difference if Ezekiel was like, God, you know, or God, you know. What does he mean? Imagine trying to use that answer, by the way, at work. You know, where are your financial reports? Well, boss, you know. But honestly, what other answers does Ezekiel have? These are dry bones. The obvious answer is no, they cannot live. The best doctor in the world could not bring back the life. There's no life left in them. But you don't want to tell God no. No, these bones can't live. But, but the yes defies our uh, and Ezekiel's logic. These are dry bones. Their resurrection is beyond the possibility. How can these dry bones live? Perhaps Ezekiel's answer is the only one you could possibly give. Lord, you know. Lord, if it's going to happen, it's only because you're going to do something. You hold the keys. You hold the power. Have you ever felt like dry bones? Have you ever felt dry bones in your life? part of your thinking, part of your heart that you think this has been dead for so long and it is so wrong that there's no way God could bring life to these bones. Well, this flaw, you can't seem to get over this wound of somebody did something to you, said something to you that you think can never be healed or maybe something you did or said that you could never take back. Can these dry bones live? As I look around the world, I see a lot of dry bones. Poverty, hatred, division. I've seen wounded people, broken systems, and people who feel lame to fix them. And I wonder, can these dry bones live? I look at our churches in America today, and I see a lot of dry bones. And I don't mean to say that they're getting older, but we're getting older. But we look at our churches that are not as full as they used to be and our budgets that are not as big as they used to be. And every day, churches are closing and certainly more will. Can these dry bones live? Can there be new life? A lot of people would say no. Statistically, it would take a lot of work and it would be so much to change for the future. Can these dry bones live? Maybe only the Lord knows. And here's the problem. Sometimes we answer with a resounding yes. Yep, they can live, and I'm going to make them live. And so we get working on all these dry bones as if we can fix them. In churches, it looks like church renewal and going to conferences and initiatives and programs. In our lives, we start to get help, and we start to talk, and we start to charge ahead, and we, we try to make something of our lives. But, but you know what happens? We wear thin we burn out and we begin to feel like dry bones ourselves. Or, as happens with pastors and church leaders and happens in our own lives, we just resolve to a no. Nope, these dry bones can't live. And I'm not going to try. I'm just going to live with these dry bones. I'm just going to let this part of my life be dry bones forever. I'm just going to let this happen. I'm just going to pretend like the world isn't out there because if I felt like I saw all those dry bones, I don't know what I would do with myself. Perhaps we all need to answer 
the way Ezekiel does. Lord, you know. You know. Lord, if this is going to change, it's going to have to be because you worked. Our life, our world, our churches, only God can bring new life to these dry bones. But how? How will God bring life to these dry bones? What is our part? Well, in this vision, what he does is he calls Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. Go prophesy to the bones. Now, we got, we got to do a little bit of work here because when we think prophecy, we think future telling. But in the Bible, the prophets almost never future tell. And in Deuteronomy, it says the greatest prophet was Moses, and he didn't do just about any future telling. Their goal, the role of a prophet is to speak a word of the Lord. Okay, so it's not easy work. You've got to listen to that word, and then you've got to tell it to the people. And often for the prophets, the people don't want to hear it. Often the prophets get rejected. So prophets sometimes reinterpret the past, sometimes they reorient the present, and sometimes, yes, they reveal the future. But it's always about the message of the Lord going to the people. But the work is even harder for Ezekiel. He has to prophesy to what? Dry bones, very dry bones. Don't miss how idiotic this is. Okay? Don't, don't let your little quick reading of the scripture let you know how dumb this is. Okay? We got a field full of dry bones. Okay? The bones aren't even probably with the same skeletons that they came with. Okay? There's been a mixing of the bones, they're all over the place. And Ezekiel is supposed to tell these bones that they can still have life. How dumb. How dumb to have to say that to the bones. It seems futile. The bones have no motion or emotion, no response, no signs of any in the future either. And yet, can't we understand the struggle? How often do you look in the mirror at yourself or out the window at the world and think these dry bones can't live? Can you possibly prophesy to that part of your heart that you've never let God into and say, hey, that part, that corner, that closet over there, God has life for that. To that neighbor who's going through so much, to that relative you can't seem to get through, can you, can you possibly have the heart to stand there and look at their dry bones and say, Life. Life is coming. It's hard for us, too. I think in churches it's the same way. It is hard for us to stand up, and it's hard for preachers to stand up and prophesy to dry bones and to speak and to say what might come up, what might be our future, that God has life in store for us. In fact, many pastors give up just as many of us do, because it's hard. And we give up on our own lives. We surrender to the struggle because we can't possibly continue the creativity and the energy it takes to prophesy to dry bones. But somehow, we don't know how long it took, but Ezekiel begins to prophesy to these bones. And the, the text gives us this very visceral, very physical, slow process kind of step-by-step step of how these bones start to, get to go. It's like a, a, a rattle of the bones, right? Almost the reverse of a death rattle. 
And the bones start to come together and start to form. They start to find each other and where they're supposed to be. And then the sinews, the, the muscles, the tendons start to, to tie them together. And we start to have bodies and, and organs and then muscles and skin. And it's kind of the reverse of the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? The, everything's coming back together and coming back on in the pieces in this giant field. But it takes time. Bringing life to dry bones always does. It's gross work to let dead parts of your heart be exposed and healed. Okay? It's hard work to look out at our world in the dry bones and then to go to work to try to put, piece that together. Okay? There's a reason why people don't like working with the poor. It's hard. They know, it's a reason why people don't like working with people that are different than them. It takes effort. And yet, it starts to come together. It probably didn't smell good. It probably didn't look good. It probably didn't sound right as these things are coming back together. But even with sinew, flesh, and skin, these bodies are still just limp bodies. There's still no life in them, not without breath. And so Ezekiel was called to prophesy to the breath. Now, I've worked with this passage before, but I never really thought about Ezekiel prophesying to the breath. Because at the end of the passage, God explains to Ezekiel that the breath is the spirit. That Ezekiel is actually prophesying to the spirit to come. How bold do you have to be to prophesy to the Holy Spirit? But, But what if we were that bold? Not just to look at our own hearts and minds, not just to look at our church and our world, but to actually look at the Holy Spirit and say, hey, Holy Spirit, over here. Holy Spirit, come into this part of my life. Holy Spirit, come into this part of my world to prophesy to the breath, the Spirit. And these bones come alive. And God explains to Ezekiel that this is Israel. I know that you feel hopeless, But I will put you back in your land, and I will put my spirit in you. And how is it described? It's described as an army. An army of the resurrected that then God can use. You understand, God has always been in the resurrection business. This wasn't a Jesus thing. This was way before Jesus. God was already in the mission of bringing new life where things seem dead. He loves robbing graves. He loves bringing life to dry bones. No wonder the resurrection was a part of the plan from the beginning. That we have Jesus in a way that Ezekiel could not have imagined, but we can look back on. Jesus becomes flesh. Okay, He puts on the flesh. He comes together and is knit together in his mother's womb. And then he lives the life we cannot live, dies the death we deserve. But he doesn't stay dead, does he? He is resurrected. And now the hope, the hope that I have proclaimed in several funerals over the last couple weeks, the hope that we are looking at in Ezekiel is that new life can come. That someday we will be resurrected with Christ. See, there's a someday resurrection, but here's the other part that I want you to really hear today. That there's a today resurrection. Okay, that there's a someday you're going to get a different body and life is going to be new, but there's also the today resurrection 
where those parts of your heart that you think are so dead God can't touch, those things you have done that you feel are so unforgivable, those wounds that you have that you think can never heal, God wants to rush in with his breath and bring life. But here's the hard part. The hard part is that God wants to bring life, but how he often brings life is through the prophetic work of his people. That this is how God likes to work. He likes to bring his word to his people and have his people bring that word to those dying parts of this world. And I'm going to tell you, it's gutsy to do that. It's gutsy because it's so physical. Because it, it, it works in those places where we need to be rebuilt, where there are wounds. It's gutsy because it takes time. It's gutsy because we don't always want new life. We're happy with the dry bones that we've developed over the years. And sometimes when you have a word of the Lord, they're not really ready for it. Or you're not really ready for it. And it's gutsy because to speak hope to the hopeless and life to the lifeless and strength to the exhausted drains you over time. It's hard because sometimes you don't get to see the life that you're working on. Sometimes you're the prophet in the sinew section, right? You're not the prophet that gets to see the whole product. You're just the prophet that gets to be in this little piece of this person's life or this dramatic change in our world. And so you're the muscle person, but you don't get to actually see the life. And sometimes you get to see the life, but you get to see the life because of all the people that have gone on before that did all the work to build up. But here's the promise. The promise is that whatever grave you are in, whatever valleys you find yourself traveling, wherever your bones are dry, wherever you lack guts, whatever is under your skin, wherever you feel displaced, these bones can live. They can live. Now, they're only going to live if the Spirit moves. And the difficult thing is the Spirit tends to move when His people quiet themselves to hear God's voice and to prophesy and speak those into this world. We must be people and pastors and leaders who speak God's words of hope and resurrection, of reconciliation. So in your own life and in your own word, world, keep prophesying to those bones because these bones can live. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.